is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-381. 877-381-381. So I went to the pulmonologist this morning. Good guy. And he says, well, i got to tell you something. I said, what? You have pneumonia. I said, pneumonia? Yes, your left lung, the lower lobe. And so... That's the story. But we press ahead. It's not like I'm breaking rocks behind a microphone. But if I'm a little short of breath, coughing here and there, I hope you'll bear with me. I think one of the greatest dangers to this country, quite frankly, is the media. The media, we can't get the truth to our fellow citizens. The media decides what to focus on. The media decides what to ignore. Very few stories are very sporadic on these sheriffs in Missouri and Texas and Florida who are actually doing what I believe needs to be done to protect our students and our schools as best as a human being can. And that is putting trained, armed individuals in these schools. The president wants to outlaw the bump stock. Fine. It's not like I'm all worked up about it, but it'll have no consequence. Just won't. And as we talked about at the time, these bump stocks can be handmade. They can outlaw them all they want. Apparently they're very easy to make. So some people will be happy. I keep hearing liberals call up and say, you don't need 30 rounds. You don't need 10 rounds. You don't need 15 rounds. And as I've said over the years, it has been repeated by others without footnotes, of course. It's the Bill of Rights. It's not the Bill of Needs. It's the Bill of Rights. It's not the Bill of Needs. And... The solutions that Washington comes up with or and these other folks just are pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. You know how many people lost their lives last year in, in automobile accidents? 37,000. Now, killings last year, and by, and by the way, <clears throat> not all with guns. And not all by strangers. Quite the contrary. A big chunk without guns and a big chunk by husbands, wives, family members and so forth. There were 17,250 reported in 2016. It's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But 37,000 people died in their cars. And part of the reason so many people die in car accidents, there's a lot of reasons. But certainly part of it is physics. The EPA, the executive branch, with the support of Congress, continues to make cars and trucks lighter and lighter and lighter. 
to meet these CAFE standards that were put in place in 1970 when old OPEC, the Arab nations, <clears throat> the cartel was driving up the price of gasoline. And like everything else the federal government does, they never surrendered CAFE standards. As a matter of fact, it's now become part of the ideological left agenda to drive people out of vehicles that use gasoline into electric vehicles which you have to plug into a wall and generate energy using gasoline, among other things. So anytime the federal government micromanages things, lots of people are harmed. Lots of people are hurt. Lots of people are killed. And everybody wants an answer from politicians who they despise. The media keeps saying, what is Donald Trump going to do? Remember, it wasn't long ago they said he was mentally deranged. I have a bunch of uh, liberal historians saying he's the worst president ever, showing how stupid they are. James Buchanan was by far the worst president ever, but that's a whole other story. We turn to these same politicians who we do not trust, who screwed up health care, who've screwed up immigration, who've screwed up the dollar, who've screwed up our debt for answers on protecting our children. Whatever happened to parents protecting their children? Whatever happened to local schools controlling what goes on in local schools? Well, we're not allowed to even talk about that anymore. <clears throat> you won't hear this discussion on most of the national TV networks. And you can see the Republicans buckling and their surrogates in the media buckling. There has to be something we can do in Washington. There has to be something we can do. There's literally nothing you can do in Washington. All the action on this is at the most local level. The school building. Now you have communities in this country which are very left-wing, including in South Florida including most metropolitan areas. And you'll hear them talk about, well, we don't want to militarize our schools. It's just easier for them to talk about gun control. I just saw a news report saying there were 100 children from this school district in Florida, in Tallahassee, lobbying for gun control. 100 children. Now, I must tell you, 100 children is more than 99 children, but 100 children is not a lot. And they are getting massive national attention. And I want to say something to my colleagues in this business and radio, and I've said it before. These children might be misguided. They might be brainwashed. They might be indoctrinated. They might think they're right. Stop trashing them. In fact, stop trashing millennials. Stop trashing young people. They didn't create over $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities. We did. They didn't create a $21 trillion debt. The Republicans just added to that. We did. And we cheer them on. 
They didn't create these massive entitlements that are going to go bankrupt, that they're forced to pay into, like Ponzi schemes, and the Republicans and Democrats and the president don't want to reform them. We did that. They didn't create our current immigration policies with open borders. We did that. They didn't cut a deal with Iran, giving them $150 billion to ensure that they can go to war with us, with Israel, with the Gulf states, the Arab states. We did that. They didn't eviscerate the United States military. As a matter of fact, matter of fact, we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of volunteers in all of our military services. And they're all young people. The vast majority of them are millennials. So I'm sick and tired of people sitting on their ass behind a microphone or in front of a television camera telling us what's wrong with the next generation. Those tenured Marxist professors in colleges and universities, we put them there. We created the tenure system. We gave them union protections. The students didn't. Those students who have to take out massive loans in order just to get a four-year college education. We did that by driving up the cost of these empires, these universities and colleges. The unraveling of our Constitution so that in so many respects we live in a post-constitutional period. These children didn't do this. Millennials didn't do this. We did it. So the sanctimony, the slobbering, bleeding heart sanctimony from conservative writers, conservative broadcasters, conservative politicians about young people in this country is appalling to me. You want to persuade young people to your point of view? Then treat them with respect. And no, every child, every millennial is not mentally ill. Every millennial is not on drugs. Every millennial is not about to shoot up a classroom. They've got a hell of a lot of really fine young people out there. And it's our job to protect them when they're forced to go to these government schools. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, I read this indictment of 13 Russian trolls who are in Russia uh, by uh, Mr. Mueller, Mr. Rosenstein, the late great Department of Justice, and much has been made of this. But as you know, immediately on Friday evening, I said, this is kind of a joke. Since they can't get these people in the United States, they'll never see justice, and there are serious constitutional questions about that. Even more, cyber warfare needs to be responded to with cyber warfare. And if you're going to indict somebody, why wouldn't you indict the person who's behind the whole thing, Vladimir Putin? Because it was a press release, basically. That's what it was. Now, at the time Friday, I went through a list of things that the Russians have done to us or have tried to do to us over the years and individuals in this country who work with them. Hiss, Alger Hiss, top State Department advisor, the FDR, the Rosenbergs, and, of course, Ted Kennedy. Now, Ted Kennedy, based on the indictment that was just leveled, 
would have been indicted as an agent of the Russian government. And I want to talk to the number one expert in the country on this issue, a friend of mine, he's a professor of political science at Grove City College, Grove City. He's the author of over a dozen books, most recently including, doing my best, Paul, most recently including a pope and a president, John Paul II, Ronald Reagan, and the extraordinary untold story of the 20th century. Paul, how are you? Good, Mark. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. Now, I want to get to the bottom of this, because you're the expert on this. And it seems to me that if we're really going to get to the bottom of Russia interference in our election, we're really going to get to the bottom of collusion. It is time, once and for all, to set the record straight. We've done it before, but today is a propitious moment with Ted Kennedy. What did Ted Kennedy do with the Soviet Union? Well, the way we found out about this, Mark, it was a we the the document was declassified under the Boris Yeltsin government. It was first discovered. It was published partially in an article in the London Times, February second, nineteen ninety two, and it was an article called "Teddy, the KGB and the Top Secret File." Now, that reporter, a reporter named Tim Sebastian, very good British reporter, um, he, he just mentioned, he mentioned it a little bit, didn't publish the actual document, talked about it. Well, when that was reported, there was a rush on the archives to, uh, to Yeltsin's Russia at the time by different researchers who tried to get a copy of the document. And so I, so I eventually got a copy of the document. And I published it in a book that came out in 2006. I published it in English at the time. And then I also published it in a book in 2010, both uh, English and Russian. But it's a May 14th, 1983 document. And it's written by the head of the KGB, <laughs> Viktor Chebrikov. And it's addressed to the head of the Soviet Union, Yuri Andropov. So this would be like, like you know, the, the head of the FSB or whatever in Russia today directly to Vladimir Putin, all right, except it's, he, he couldn't get any higher than this. And the subject head carried under the words special importance, and it said Committee on State Security of the USSR, which is KGB. It, it said regarding Senator Kennedy's request to the general secretary of the Communist Party, Y.V. Andropov. So right off, I mean, this is a memo about Senator Kennedy's literal direct request to the head of the Soviet Union, Andropov. And that in the memo, Kennedy says, Chebrikov says that Kennedy is very troubled about U.S.-Soviet relations, the deterioration of U.S.-Soviet relations. And Kennedy, Mark, blamed this on what he called Reagan's belligerence. So he didn't blame this on the Soviet dictator. He blamed this on Reagan's belligerence. And he said this was made worse by Reagan's stubbornness. And in the exact words of Chebrikov, I have the document right here. It said, according to Kennedy, the current threat is due to the president. This would be Reagan. The president's refusal to engage in any modification to his politics, unquote. And what's really interesting about this, Mark, the more I think about this in the context that we're talking about the 2016 presidential election today, all of this was done by Kennedy in the context of the coming 1984 presidential election. And, and his, the greatest concern here was that Reagan's political success had made him 
um, not only surer of his course, but worst of all, reelectable. <laughs> and, and so in the fourth and fifth, I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. It is ludicrous. But in the fourth and fifth paragraphs of Chebrikov's memo um, to, to Andropov, he got to the thrust of Kennedy's offer. And he said there that um, the only real threats to Reagan are problems of war and peace in Soviet-American relations, quote-unquote. These issues, according to the senator, will without a doubt become the most important of the election campaign. And so with that, Mark, Chebrikov got to the heart of the offer here. Quote, Kennedy believes that given the state of current affairs and in the interest of peace, it would be prudent and timely to undertake the following steps. All right, let me stop you there, Professor. Yeah. We need a little time after the bottom of the hour. So Kennedy is telling the head of the Soviet Union through the head of the KGB, using a surrogate, what they need to do to help influence the American election and defeat Reagan. Is that correct? That's exactly right. And they use the word influence Americans. So the following steps, you know, to undertake the following steps to counter Reagan. And then so here's let's, the right let's, 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 let's wait right there. The music means i got to take a break. I want you folks to listen to this. So you understand what small potatoes took place last Friday, how ridiculous it is. No, I take a back step to nobody when it comes to uh, Putin. <clears throat> But this guy Mueller is a pathetic joke, as are the Democrats. We'll be right back. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. As we continue with Professor Paul Kengor, I want you to keep something in mind. It's talking about 1983. I believe the FISA court <laughs> was started in 1979, thereabouts. And I don't believe there were any surveillance uh, actions, any warrants against Ted Kennedy. Were there, Professor, that we know of? No, nothing. And, I mean, nobody talked about this. Nobody reported on it. Nobody followed up on it. And, you know, it's funny, you know, Mark, we've talked about this a number of times, and every time there's some sort of new applicability to what's going on in American politics. And as I was just reviewing this again today before coming on your show, I thought, um, I mean, this is so extraordinarily relevant to the compar- comparison today because this is all about the 1984 election. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also about a media campaign of all things because what they did this memo is an amazing thing it's the only time i ever saw ted kennedy acknowledge that reaganomics was working <laughs> and the, and the and the soviets as well and they, but they're they're being frank in this memo and they're saying you know reaganomics is working the economy is doing so well reagan's riding high what could stop him right what but, but here's him? here's here's what i want to really drill down on Kennedy had specific ideas for how the Soviet Union should interfere with our election in 1984 to stop Reagan. What were some of his ideas? Well, so so they get to the actual steps that are suggested. Chebrikov gets to them, to Andropov. And so he said step one would be for Andropov to invite Ted Kennedy to Moscow for a personal meeting. For a personal meeting, okay? 
And I, we don't know if that ever happened because no one ever asked Ted Kennedy about it, even after this memo uh, was released in 1992, a decade and a half before yeah. the guy died. And when my book came out, Kennedy was still alive for several years. But Chebrikov said, said this, the main purpose of the meeting, according to the senator, would be to arm Soviet officials with explanations regarding problems of nuclear disarmament so they would be better prepared and more convincing during appearances in the USA. Mm -hmm. And that gets to the other part of this. So the second step here... Hold on now, let me ask you this. With all the allegations swelling around today, the Logan Act, which has never been effectively used, successfully used, so that would be a violation of the Logan Act, wouldn't it? Where you have a, a Where you have an official who's not part of the administration, conducting foreign policy around the official foreign policy of the United States government. It's possible. It could be. I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll not answer the question because I'm You can defer to me on that. that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But but the, the, the next part of it, and Ch- so Chebrikov said this, Kennedy believes that in order to influence Americans, look at those words, right? Kennedy believes that in order to influence Americans, this is the head of the KGB talking, it would be important to organize in August of September this year, 1983, televised interviews with Andropov in the USA. Mm-hmm. And Senator Kennedy even recommended that Andropov uh, seek a direct appeal to the American people. And on that, Chebrikov wrote, Kennedy and friends, and here he listed Walter Cronkite and Barbara Walters. They're both listed by name in the memo. Cronkite and Barbara Walters are named in the memo. Uh, he listed them as good candidates for Andropov to sit down with and, and do interviews with in the United States so he could influence Americans and convince Americans of Soviet peaceful intentions contrary to this wild belligerent Reagan and his militaristic policies. And, and and the memo even says that Reagan is good at propaganda. It's the word that the Soviets use the word propaganda. Reagan's good at propaganda. And so with that, um, Kennedy was offering the help. And, 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 and it goes even deeper, Mark, not just with Andropov. Kennedy could arrange interviews not only for Andropov, but, quote, for lower-level Soviet officials, particularly from the military, who would also have an opportunity to appeal directly to the American people about the peaceful intentions of the USSR. So this is, just to bring it home here, this is more than the Soviets trying to influence our election. This is the number one liberal icon, lion, Democrat in the United States Senate who had run for president in the Democrat primary in 1980 and lost to uh, Carter, who is soliciting the Soviets' interference in our election. Correct? Yeah, it, 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 well, and, this, and this would be like, Kennedy, keep in mind, was considering running in 1984. Uh, although, although it says in the memo that his popularity isn't very good, he probably won't run. But I would think that this would be more like having a literal direct memo from the current head of Soviet intelligence, the current KGB, the current FSB, directly to Putin, with a subject heading at the top that says, you know, let me to just to just to quote it verbatim, it would it would say um, special importance regarding Donald Trump's request to uh, head of Russia, <laughs> Vladimir Putin. Unquote. I mean that, that it, it would be it would be comparable to that. 
this isn't even a low-level person representing the campaign. This is a sitting U.S. senator. Yeah, as you said, the lion of the Senate, probably the most influential liberal senator in the United States. Now, when this came out, law. when did it first come out again? So it was first reported by the London Times on February 2nd, 1992. London All right, Times. So, huh? so 1992, Kennedy is alive, Department of Justice still functioning, Intelligence Committee still functioning. Tell me, did anybody investigate this? No, nobody did. And the way that I got the memo, a Ukrainian individual sent it to me when I was doing research on, the, on my Reagan book at the time, The Crusader. He said, I hear that you're doing a follow-up book on Reagan. You're looking at the Cold War. I, you should see this memo that I have about Kennedy and the KGB. And he described it to me. I said, oh, come on, it doesn't really say that. But, Professor, it one, once it came out and you wrote a fabulous book and you talk about it at great length, there were no Intelligence Committee hearings, no Judiciary okay. Committee hearings, no Ethics Committee hearings. The media really didn't give a damn, did they? Crickets. Complete silence. Didn't give a rip. Let me ask you a question. When you wrote your fabulous book and you highlighted a number of things, including this, were you on Meet the Press? No. Were you on Face the Nation? No. Were you on This Week on ABC? Was not. You were on none of these shows because they didn't want to talk about it. It's like I was dispatched to the gulag in Siberia. Complete silence. Not, no. not, not a single reaction and, and, and uh, nothing. And here we are today, and you've got liberals suddenly who are all of a sudden just like that. They're Russia hawks, right? Maxine Waters, Dick Durbin, B1 Barbara Boxer ready to storm out the SAC headquarters and board their super fortress for Moscow, right? They're ready, ready to do a Dr. Strangelove, strap themselves to the bottom of a bomb and go into uh, so Russian territory. It's amazing. It's really a complete, a complete fundamental transformation on liberal attitudes to Russia. Now, uh, we have members of Congress who said that the attempt by Russia to interfere with our election with these trolls and so forth was the equivalent of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> now, these same excuse me, Democrat members of Congress never ever said such a thing about Ted Kennedy, did they? No. None whatsoever. I don't know that anybody even brought it up. And I, I prepared myself, Mark, to be interrogated. I mean, I pictured you know, going on CBS with Katie Couric or 60 Minutes tracking me down you know, to, to shoot holes through this memo and ruin my life, right? This, uh, but I didn't have to worry about it. They just completely ignored it. They, you know, they, they didn't even call to shoot it down, which, which by the way, told me, that, um, that, that what I had was accurate because the response wasn't to shoot it down, it was to ignore it. And it's interesting, Ted Kennedy's office did respond when, when the book was published in 2006, and, and they argued with the interpretation of the document, mm -hmm. which was really interesting because they didn't say whose interpretation they were arguing with, my interpretation or Victor Chebrikov's interpretation of the offer from Kennedy. And, and it's very clever because Chebrikov at that point was dead. Mm -hmm. So you could you know, blame it on the dead guy, blame let it me, on the me, dead guy. Let run. me hit one other thing. We don't have a lot of time. Alger Hiss. Familiar with Alger Hiss? Oh, yes. Algeris was a confidant at FDRs. He was working out of the State Department. He was a Soviet spy. And, of course, we know he was uh, uncovered by Whitaker Chambers, and also Nixon was uh, involved in helping expose this. He was at Yalta. 
He was at Yalta, so he was giving, he was playing both sides, basically he was playing the Russian side against the American side while he's advising the American president. That's treason. The Democrat Party continues to defend Alger Hiss. The Democrat Party continues to attack Whitaker Chambers and Richard Nixon for what they did. Do they not? Oh, they do. And anybody that brings it up, they call us McCarthyites. And now all of a sudden, yeah, everything's completely changed. Now they're Cold War hawks. Yeah, where, where were they 30 or 40 years ago? And for Cold War hawks, they don't want to know anything about Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC using their money through go-betweens to fund a foreign ex-British spy who worked with Soviet, excuse me, Russian apparatchiks to put together this propaganda smear sheet, which even the FBI was involved in at some point here. That they don't have a problem with, apparently, do they? No, they don't. And, and, and also, too, in the 1980s, I mean, Yuri Andropov was a, I mean, you remember this. This was a nasty individual. I mean, you have liberals today who, you know, Putin is now their public enemy number one. Uh, Andropov made Putin look like Mr. Rogers. Uh, I, I mean, Andropov, tie this to Ted Kennedy, Andropov put out, uh, gave the green light to the Soviet GRU military intelligence to shoot and kill and assassinate Ted Kennedy's pope. John Paul II in May 1981, uh, two years before, exactly two years actually, before this memo, this May 1983 memo. These were really bad dudes. I mean, this was truly the evil empire in those days. And they made fun of Reagan for calling it evil. So uh, I think what happened with Kennedy is, uh, is worse uh, than, than, than so much of what they're trying to allege today. Well, Professor, as usual, you've been a huge help, and I want to thank you for spending your time and educating us. Well, sure thing, Mark. You know where to get me. All right, God bless you. ignores me, you know where to get me. (laughs) Hey, all that matters is you're here with me. All right, Professor, you take care of yourself. That is Professor Paul Kengor. He is tops. He's Professor of Political Science, Grove City College, Grove City, Pennsylvania. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. College means, means partnership, a place where professors and students work together, respectfully debate, exchange ideas, and search for what is true. For most colleges today just indoctrinate students in liberal ideology. They don't allow the students to think for themselves or speak freely. Hillsdale College is different. Hillsdale students debate ideas openly and honestly. They pursue truth together with the professors in a respectful manner. I'll tell you something else that's different at Hillsdale. They don't have riots. Why? Because every student at Hillsdale lives by an honor code. Here it is. Hillsdale College student is honorable in conduct, honest in word and deed, dutiful in study and service, respectful of the rights of others. And through education, the student rises to self-government. That's it. Whether they study business, economics, history, music, or any of the dozens of other majors, Hillsdale students also become excellent citizens. Now, the stellar education they receive, coupled with that honor code, produces some pretty darn amazing human beings. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. <clears throat> All right. The word is out. Fox News put a press release out. I wasn't aware they were, and that's okay. Uh, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Central. Well, you know. 
On Sunday will be my first show on the Fox News Channel, and my guest for the entire hour will be the great Dr. Professor Walter Williams. And we're going to talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Obviously, I haven't done the interview yet, but we're going to talk about liberty, the Constitution, capitalism, property rights, the future of the country, what's taking place in the country today. And uh, Walter Williams has been a hero of mine for, for decades. <clears throat> He's been writing a wonderful column for decades. And uh, I just thought it was time to talk to him. I have never met Walter Williams, not that I can recall. And yet I feel like I know him well. So I think you're going to have a lot of fun. It'll be intellectual. It'll be substantive. It'll be Sunday at 10 p.m. on Life, Liberty, and Levin. That's what we're calling it. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I think you're going to find it extremely educational. So you and your kids and your grandkids will watch it, or you'll Devo it. 10 p.m. Eastern Time on uh, Sunday on the Fox News Channel. Can't wait. I can't wait to interview you ought to see the guests we have lined up. I'm going to keep my mouth closed, and hopefully it won't leak out. Uh, the President of the United States, Reuters. The White House said on Tuesday, setting an age limit for buying AR-15 type assault rifles. Now look at the language. They're not assault rifles. The type purchased legally by a teenager who shot dead 17 people at a Florida high school last week was under consideration. All right, look, folks. If this is what the president's going to do, if this is where we're going, if everybody's going to be bullied into these positions, if an 18-year-old can't drink and an 18-year-old can't purchase a weapon that a 21-year-old can purchase, then I believe we should raise the age for individuals to serve in the military to 21. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These easy answers that brutalize these young people, people, they're unacceptable to me. So this is the answer. That AR-15 type rifles, which are essentially jazzed up 22 rifles. If that's the position of the Trump administration, the position of the Republicans, the position of the Democrats, great. Now we need to raise the age of people who are eligible to serve in the United States military. To 21. The drinking age and the right to buy an AR-15. And here's the facts. Even the FBI's own database and statistics that they put out that you can go on the internet and find, and 2014 is their best data. The vast majority of actual murders, I'm not talking about accidents, I'm not talking about suicides and all the rest, are with handguns, not rifles. Not even close. The vast majority of killings, murders, murders, are done with handguns, not rifles. So what do you think is going to be next as we go down the list? Knives, cutting instruments, kill well over 1,500 people a year. Blunt objects, over 400 people a year. Hands, fists, feet. Almost 700 people a year. Rifles under 300. Shotguns under 300. Handguns, the vast majority. 
AR-15s. A small fraction within a fraction. They can outlaw these bump stocks. They can outlaw these AR-15s at a certain age level. And it's not going to stop a damn thing. I would like to see leadership out of this White House, leadership out of the Republican Party that is serious, that doesn't just play chorus to the radical left progressives. And serious would be strongly encouraging school districts, particularly in violent communities, to allow trained personnel, police, military, former military, former police, what have you, to be in the schools and to be armed. Concealed or otherwise would be up to the community, obviously. That's how you're going to protect those kids. That's how you're going to protect the schools. Just pretend it's the Capitol building. That's what they do. I'll be back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Now we turn to the idiots who call themselves reporters, and after that we'll turn to the idiots who call themselves politicians, who know nothing but have answers for everything. And I find it appalling that conservatives all of a sudden, when it comes to the hardest issues, the most difficult issues, the most complex issues, revert to progressivism, centralization, the federal government, That's not where these issues are going to be solved. You know, some school districts are safer than other school districts. Some school districts are safer than other school districts. Because some school districts learn from these mass shootings. (laughs) And they will not allow their schools to be soft targets. Other school districts don't. And they send their kids to Tallahassee or Washington to lobby for gun control. (laughs) Unfortunately, our president, unfortunately, members of Congress are falling all over themselves coming up with legislation to fix this. They got to do something. You got to fix. As we bounce back and forth like ping pong balls between this and the Russia matter. You know, uh, the indictment says that Russia was involved in anti Trump rallies. November 12, 2016, in front of Trump Tower. It's on the Internet, thanks to our friends at Newsbusters. I'm sure it's been played all day. I have no idea. But you see, my training as a lawyer requires me to give credit where credit is due. This is from Newsbusters, Brent Bozell's group. Here's a montage of MSNBC and CNN covering the Russian anti-Trump rally. Now, they didn't know the Russians were behind it, but it doesn't matter. They thought it was great, and the Russians have been playing these fools for fools for 18 months. The Russians have played the FBI for fools for two years. 
The Russians have played the Democrat part. The Russians have played this and have created tumult and turmoil. And here's the montage, and I'll keep something in mind again. This is MSNBC and CNN covering this anti-Trump rally, which was essentially put in place by the Russians. Cut one, go. NBC's Morgan Radford is at Union Square in New York City. That is where the anti-Trump protest is just about to kick off. What's happening there right now? Well, it's already started. In fact, you can see hundreds of people behind me here in Union Square. I want to show you some of the signs and the posters they're holding up here. You can see one here that says, Knowledge, Trump, Pay, Protect Our Public Schools, Teachers Against Trump. Can you tell who has organized this rally? It has been suggested that so many of the protests across this country have been impromptu rallies. I mean, it's been supported by a very diverse array of constituents. Is there someone in charge here? A very vast array of Russians have supported these rallies. Go ahead. ...of people who have come yeah, together I, I with no necessarily official leader. And Alex, I have to say I've covered quite a few protests from the Black Lives Matter protests, and this is something different. It's something mm-hmm. unique. Uh, the energy here is electric. That woman... Stop. When- Every one of these reporters should be fired because they're not reporters. They're either willing dupes or just dupes. Every one of them should be fired. CNN and MSNBC owe the American people an apology. They were very excited about what was taking place because it was anti-Trump. But it'll never happen. These are fraudulent, phony news operations. The word news shouldn't be in there. Go ahead. She's concerned that black people will be shot in the street. Did she back from that at all, or is that a legitimate concern for her? Because Do you hear this, reporter, so-called? That black people will be shot in the street? I mean, MSNBC and CNN are essentially Russia TV. They can go on and on and on about, oh, look at the Russia scandal, Russia scandal. But they have done more to advance the narrative that the Russians have placed in this election. Than anybody else. Go ahead. Alex, it's not only a legitimate concern for her, it's a legitimate concern for a lot of people. There are thousands of people right now taking over Fifth Avenue with several messages. All you know, let's stop a second. Mr. Producer, you've been in my book signings, right? What do you have, after five or six thousand people show up? The media never covers that. Here you have a hundred kids go to Tallahassee. Here you have a couple thousand people coming to a anti-Trump rally at Trump Tower, paid for and supported by the Russian government. And it's endless coverage. Endless coverage. Takes nothing to get a few thousand people somewhere. Takes nothing to get a hundred people somewhere. Go ahead. At our president-elect, the person that organized this protest, a 20-year-old student from St. John. No, Vladimir Putin organized it. So I'm waiting for the indictment of Vladimir Putin by the great Rod Rosenstein and Robert Mueller, Mueller Mueller. Where's the indictment of Vladimir Putin? Where's the indictment of the Russian government? Tough guys? Are you just like picking on American citizens and brutalizing them? And waking them up with their wives in bed in the middle of the morning. Are you just like threatening them with 400 counts of tax this and financial that? Pathetic. Disgusting. Go ahead. In New York. And he actually.
Exactly. We've seen him several... Ah, shut up, you idiot. Why does anybody listen to CNN or MSNBC? I'll tell you why. Because we're a country of great people, and then we're a country of idiots. We got both. Walking on the same sidewalks, driving on the same streets, eating at the same restaurants. So MSNBC and CNN were willing dupes in this Russia propaganda against Trump. Hillary Clinton campaign, she's never had to account for this. And the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, never had to account for this. Provided the seed money for the Russian dossier. In their indictment on Friday, in their pretend indictment, their pretend charges like something's going to happen, so cowardly are Mueller and, uh, and Rosenstein that even in their phony indictments, they didn't indict the Hillary Clinton campaign, did they? They didn't indict the DNC, did they? They didn't indict ex-British spy Christopher Steele because they were working with him. They didn't indict the Russian government, did they? They didn't inv- uh, indict Putin, did they? Because this is a sham. The whole damn thing is a sham. Now we bounce back. Gun control. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, it's not really gun control. Just want to control this kind of gun for this kind of age and this kind of stock and that kind of sight and this kind of this and this kind of that. Don't worry. We're not out to get anything. And then this clown, Jim Hines from Connecticut... And nut from the nutmeg state. All over TV. I think what they do is they find the dumbest liberals they can and the dumbest Republicans they can. And they just keep inviting them on TV over and over and over again. Right, Lindsey Graham? Here he is on CNN today. CNN, the Russian front news organization. Cut four, go. Nobody wants to take away people's guns. We just don't want to be any different than Canada or Australia or Great Britain. Where hey, you... you idiot. They take people's guns away. Hey, what? And why the hell do we want to be like Canada, Australia, and Great Britain? We're America, you jerk. And why do I want some jerk left-wing Democrat progressive politician from Connecticut telling me what to do in Virginia? Who the hell is this guy? I didn't elect this guy. I want nothing to do with this guy. Mr. Open Borders, Mr. Obamacare, Mr. Eviscerate the Military, Mr. Trash Local Law Enforcement. Wow, he speaks for me. Go ahead. Get guns, you just get checked out. You can't get weapons of war. Uh, they have reasonable, yes, mental health systems that. Uh, you know allow- what? You know what? We need mental health systems for members of Congress. My contempt for them grows by the day. I despise them more and more by the day, what they're doing to my country. I'll be right back. week. I couldn't get into all this, but that was last week, and now here we are, full-throated battle over the Bill of Rights. John Lott, President of the Crime Prevention Research Center. How are you, John? Doing okay. Uh, I hear you're a little under the weather, but I appreciate you having me on. No, my pleasure. Now, John, um, 
you must watch these debates and really just be as frustrated as hell. You've written books, you write articles, you go on TV, you go on radio, try and straighten things out. So let's let's start from the beginning. The FBI statistics. How many people were murdered in the most recent statistics for any for a uh, given year? Was it 2016, 2014? What year? Be 2016. About uh, 14,000 people killed. How many were killed with uh, AR-15s? Do we know? Oh, it'd probably be... Uh, well, for all rifles, they don't break it down by type of rifle. You're talking about something like 275, 300. So less than 300 out of 14,000 plus, correct? Right. So let's pretend we outlaw the AR-15. What would that do? It would do nothing, wouldn't it? Right. Well, it wouldn't do anything because people focus on the way the gun looks and not how it functions. It's somehow as if the criminal is only going to commit a crime if the gun looks in a certain way. These are semi-automatic rifles, which means one pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, which is functionally identical to a semi-automatic hunting rifle. In fact, a small gain semi-automatic hunting rifle. And so if they want to go and ban all semi-automatics, at least there'd be some logic there. But to go and think that you're going to ban some guns based on how they look makes makes really no sense. I don't think they want to get into a debate. About right, let, me, let, me, let me walk through this. I, I, I really want to dig down. Over 14,000 people murdered. Less than 300 murdered with rifles in 2016. Right. Some small subset of that must be... The AR-15 was involved. Correct. Because not all rifle murders would have been committed with an AR-15. Right. And so now they're talking about age limit. Excuse me, age limitations on AR-15. Maybe you should be over 21 when you purchase it. So let me ask you a question. If you're of the mind to kill a whole bunch of people, and they say, okay, you can't buy an AR-15, are there other weapons you could buy to kill a lot of people with? Sure. I mean, most of these mass public shooting fatalities involve handguns, for example. All right, let me stop uh, you there. <clears throat> Out of 14,000-plus murders in 2016, how many involved handguns? Less than uh, 6,000, right? 50-some hundred. I guess it would pro- probably be about uh, 4,000, something like that, 5,000. Yeah, I saw something 50-some hundred. Right, okay. So, so 50 some hundred handguns, less than 300 rifles, less than 300 shotguns. I take it knives and swords and blunt instruments and bare hands account for thousands of murders in this country. Is that correct? Yeah, everything else, sure. I mean, everything from knives to cars to other things. But, I mean, guns make up more than half. But, uh, it's still, uh, you know, there's lots of ways people get killed. Let me ask you this. What's an alternative to a so-called semi-automatic weapon? What kind of weapon would it be? You have have three different types of guns. You have manually loaded guns, which you fire a bullet. You have to then uh, manually put another bullet in the chamber of the gun. And then you have semi-automatics, which you pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, it reloads itself. You pull the trigger, one bullet comes out, it reloads itself, and so on. 
And then the third type are fully automatic or machine guns, which as long as you keep the trigger depressed, bullets will be coming out. And how easy is it to... I'm sorry. How is he, easy is it to get an automatic? That's pretty difficult. I mean, about the cheapest ones you can get, and these don't work, are going to cost you maybe about fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars to get one that works. You're probably talking about one that's closer to twenty thousand. You have to go through uh, a more uh, detailed background check, and there are additional fees that you have to pay. Uh, it's you know you don't see crimes being committed with those. How many crimes. mass murders over the last twenty years have been committed with automatic weapons? Oh, uh, virtually zero. Almost none. Right. Okay. Now, this argument about limiting the number of uh, cartridges, 10, 20, 30, 40, here's my question to you. If you want to kill a whole lot of people, there's a whole lot of ways to kill a whole lot of people. Doesn't it make more sense to muscle up these soft targets? (laughs) So whatever comes through the door, whomever comes through the door, you're more prepared to protect little kids in a classroom. I mean, I I would arm the teachers or the staff that's there. I mean, I think that's the simplest way. Uh, you know, people want to go and have armed guards in the schools, but the problem with armed guards is that uh, they are some. You put somebody in uniform or somebody who's readily identified as a guard, they're going to be the first target. I mean, it's a very difficult job uh it's like putting them there with a neon sign that says shoot me first and when you see that you have an armed guard there uh you know you consistently see they're the first people shot at and killed and yet the debate over arming teachers the debate over having others in schools who are professionals who are trained as they have in israel and they have in other societies and they've been able to limit the kind of carnage that takes place in these schools. I don't hear it debated in Washington, do you? No. I mean, that's the incredibly frustrating thing. We, we, What we see happening is they keep on bringing up proposed laws that would have nothing to do with stopping these attacks. So when Obama was president, every time he talked about these mass public shootings during his administration, the one law that he brought up all the time were background checks on private transfers. Last week, it was the first one, uh, you know, Senator Nelson from Florida or others would raise. And I kind of my question to them is, can they name one mass public shooting this century that having had that law in effect and had it been effective, it would have stopped because it wouldn't have affected any of them. Nope. And yet, you know, somehow they have the moral high ground to go and attack others and well, we're trying to do something. We'll do something that would actually matter. You know, and and I don't know how you can get around the fact that whether it was the attack last week uh, or all the other mass public shootings in Florida or over 98 percent of the mass public shootings in the United States since 1950, the one common factor is that they keep on occurring in places where general citizens are banned from being able to go and protect themselves. You You read the diaries of these killers or the statements that they've left. All right, John, I want to carry over for a little bit. Don't hang up. The only 
show with a warning label for liberals. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. So what's on your bucket list? We have all these things we want to do, not just work till the bitter end. Well, that's maybe me. No matter what your answer, there's only one thing you definitely need to knock down your bucket list. Money. Investing for the future is critical. Today, it's more complicated than ever. And we're facing a very different retirement reality, and sadly, many within the sound of my voice are simply not ready for it. Look, even though we're living with financial uncertainty and geopolitical instability, it doesn't mean we we can't plan a proper retirement, you know, one that includes all of us enjoying our bucket list. It is possible to live the retirement lifestyle you dreamed about, the retirement you deserve. Download PM Capital's free report, Bulletproof Your Bucket List, at marklevingold.com or call 1-800-599-8391. That's 1-800-599-8391. Start planning for retirement now to enjoy your bucket list around the corner. Again, get the report at marklevingold.com. That's mark, L-E-V-I-N, gold.com. Or call 1-800-599-8391, 1-800-599-8391. What's on your bucket list? Achieving it is the most important item in your financial planning. Okay, John Lott, you were saying about these mass murders and their diaries. Go ahead. Right. I mean... They leave records in many cases about why they plan to attack certain places. And, and you know, it's just so startling the way that they say, we want to go and kill people. We want to go and kill as many people as possible. And they'll say, well, I checked this church, and uh, they don't allow people to carry permanent concealed handguns. And so they'll make it easier for me to go and kill people before somebody can arrive there to stop me. You know, you look at these things and you figure, how can anybody not realize that this is an important factor for these guys? My own guess is that the entire debate that we have on guns would be dramatically different if even once in a while the media would go and mention we've had an attack in a place where, you know, it was a gun-free zone. People weren't allowed to defend themselves. I've talked to people in the media about this, and they'll say, well, it would be political for us to go and bring it up. And I say, I don't understand why this is any more or any less political than to go and mention, you know, how the person obtained the gun or the types of uh, uh, guns that were used. And in fact, in many cases, get those other things wrong. And the simplest thing to go and check is to see uh, is to see uh, where where the attack occurred. But it's just not those types of statements. You have the statistical evidence. You know, you look at some place like Florida. You know, 97, 98% of the state, you're able to go and carry your permitted concealed handgun with you. And yet these mass public shootings keep on taking place in those tiny areas in the state where people aren't allowed to protect themselves. And the same thing is true for the rest of the country. You look at something like the Batman movie theater shooter. There were seven movie theaters showing the premiere of the movie within a 20-minute drive of the killer's apartment. Only one of those banned permanent concealed handguns. He didn't go to the movie theaters that were closest to his apartment. He didn't go to the ones that were largest ones. Instead, he went to the only one that banned permanent concealed handguns. You look at the mall shootings in Omaha, Nebraska, or Kansas City, or Salt Lake City, or Portland, Oregon. You see the same type of thing. You may have six or seven or eight malls, depending enclosed malls, depending upon which city you're talking about. 
and maybe one or two have signs posted that ban permanent concealed handguns. Well, guess which ones they go to. You know, at some point. You know, you know, you know, John. I don't understand. As a rational people, we protect our members of Congress. <clears throat> they have all kinds of heavy-duty protections up there on Capitol Hill. I mean, uh, they even have, you know, these big metal devices that come out of the ground to protect them from trucks carrying fertilizer. They have Capitol Hill police. They have military. They have all kinds of peace. Uh, and, and, and they realize gun control or no gun control, uh, people who want to hurt them don't really give a damn about gun control. And then we have our innocent children and grandchildren who are in these schools and you either have a security guard without a gun or a security guard with a pea shooter. You don't have a trained force that can handle this. We've got marshals on airplanes. We have TSA. We harden what we want to harden. But because we keep debating bump stocks and we keep debating, you know, AR-15s, we don't have rational discussions about some solutions that could actually save lives, right? Right. No, it's really startling. I mean, I guess the notion in some people's minds, if they really just ban guns, they'll make people safer. Yeah. The problem is, as you say, I mean, you look at France or uh, Europe. France bans semi-automatic guns. They had machine guns that keep on being used in the uh, mass public shootings there. They had more casualties from mass public shootings in France in one year, 2015, than we had in the entire eight years of the Obama presidency. They, and and that France has a population one-fifth the population of the United States. But, you know, it's, I think this just this magical notion that if we just say guns are bad and they're not allowed here, then the bad people won't bring them in. And the opposite is true. It actually makes it a, a magnet for people to go and do the attacks. But even people the people... Put, go ahead. Go ahead. Even the people who discuss gun control, mostly the media pushing this very, very hard, they won't even accept, okay, look, we'll do gun control, plus we'll secure the schools. They don't want to secure the schools because liberal mayors, liberal city councilmen, liberal superintendents, liberal school boards in many of these metropolitan areas, they do not want uh, people who know how to use guns for the right purpose in their schools for ideological reasons. Right. All right, John Lott, appreciate your, your help on this. No, I appreciate it's, you being there. I have to say, as you started off, I, I have rarely been as frustrated. I've rarely seen the media as biased as it is right now. I mean, they they don't even... I, I do more TV in Britain and Germany and Turkey and other places over the last week than, than I've done in the United States. I mean, I get a call from CNN producer only asking me questions so that they can go and give a bastardized form of the question to a panel where everybody agrees with each other. You know, it's they're not they kind of censor it. Maybe they figure Americans can't take an argument on this thing. But I think most Americans are more sensible than the people in the media. They're in their maybe bubble. maybe maybe we need to adjust the First Amendment and have much more competition when it comes to news in order to expand knowledge and freedom and all the rest of it. I mean, if the Bill of Rights are up for grabs, I guess the Bill of Rights are up for grabs. John Lott, thank you for your, your input. I appreciate it.
Thank you. Take care. Let's go to Peter, Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO. Go ahead. Good evening, Mr. Levin. I am a retired police officer of 26 years. I'm also a retired military after 21 years with several combat tours. Wow. God bless you. Well, thank you, sir. And thank you for your support, and I hope you feel better. Mr. Levin, we have to secure these schools. I am also currently working, as we speak right now, on security, in uniform, at a private high school here in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And the reason I say that we need to secure these schools, my 26 years as a police officer in New Jersey, and I took a lot of guns off the streets, and never one of them was bought legally. So you can make all the laws you want. Bad guys are going to get guns, and if somebody wants to cause mayhem with a gun, they're going to get them. And every, you know what's amazing about this, Peter? Everybody knows this. And yet here we are on playing this fan dance here. Like uh, somebody has a magic piece of legislation. And they all line up one behind the other. They all run on TV. They all go on and on about how they're going to ban this. They're going to control that. And people don't need this. And people don't need that. These are the same clowns who've destroyed our health care system and our immigration system. And so much that is wonderful about America I think these local communities have to step up. And in these liberal communities, people need to start showing up at school board meetings and city council meetings and demand that their kids be protected. Peter, thank you for your call, my friend. Sean, Miami, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Good afternoon, Mr. Levin. I just want to start off by saying what a privilege it is to uh, to be speaking to one of the great uh, Americans and one of the great patriots here of our time. So thank you here for, for taking my call. But to your point uh, that you made a little while ago there about millennials, uh, you know, I, I am a millennial. I was born and raised here in South Florida, uh, born and raised as a um, as a Christian here. And, you know, this, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling with here is, you know, you know the, these state conservatives, they're, uh, utilizing us or as like scapegoats here to, to kind of put their, their problems on and, and liberals are, uh, you know, using us to push their agenda and get votes. So, you know, it's, it's refreshing to have. Here, Sean, here's the thing. What do people my age and my generation think is going to happen? When we send our kids and grandkids into a public school system that indoctrinates them, when they turn on the TV, it indoctrinates them. When they listen to these politicians, it indoctrinates them. When they're not exposed to American history, when they're not exposed to issues, debates about liberty and property rights and natural law, unalienable rights, what do we think we're going to produce? This is why I don't attack millennials. I think millennials are the victims of my generation and generations before and advance this progressive agenda. And it's very, very important for parents to undo this. Like we did with our kids. They would come home on the weekends, over breakfast, over dinner, whenever. We'd watch something on TV. They knew exactly what their mother and father thought and why they thought a specific way. And if you don't take the time to try and do that, you're going to wind up at some point sending your kids to college or they come out of high school and you're not going to even recognize them. Absolutely. And even if you put the time in, you may not recognize them. So I consider all, not all the millennials, but so many of these millennials, 
the victims of this progressive movement that's being advanced by my generation, the generation before my generation. And the consequence is, look what we're doing. So, of course, most of these kids, or many of them anyway, are knee-jerk liberals <clears throat> who do not understand American history, who do not appreciate American traditions. And that's not because uh, they were born that way. It's because they were taught that way. And yet we still manage to have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of young people who serve in the United States military. They volunteer. Tens of thousands of young people who join local police departments. They volunteer. We still have a lot of patriots among millennials. But I'm not going to sit here like so many of these other guys and gals and just start trashing all these people. I have two kids, and they're damn good. Really four, and they're damn good. And they work hard. And they work hard. My daughter's a wonderful mother and wife. She's married to a wonderful young man. My son is a wonderful young man who works very, very hard. <clears throat> my stepson is a wonderful young man who works very, very hard. As is my stepdaughter who is going to be an unbelievable doctor. These are all good kids, all patriotic kids. And our grandchildren will be raised the same way. But it will be going against what they're seeing on TV, going against what these tenured professors teach them, going against what these, and I'll make up a word, unfireable teachers are teaching them in public schools today. <coughs> and how dare people my age start trashing them. You know, you can criticize a particular thing or so, but to trash an entire generation? No, I don't think so. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and I completely agree with you, sir, and, and uh, I think you're dead on that, that many of us do stand shoulder to shoulder and we see eye to eye with, with you and, and many of our listeners. But the reason why I, I actually call here, sir, um, you know, one of the things that, that I have actually been, been frustrated with this week is, you know, what I'm hearing uh, on TV and, and on social media especially are, are these progressives here that are using this false equivalency in their rhetoric saying that, uh, you know, the, the conservatives who are concerned about protecting the Second Amendment uh, don't care about, you know, saving children's lives. But uh, by the same token, these are the same conservatives that are pro-choice and, and pro-abortion. So, um, you know, I was hoping maybe you mean you could same liberals who are pro-choice and pro-abortion. Yeah, right. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the, the liberals that All are... Right, here's the first thing you learn. You don't have to accept lectures from leftists. They're wrong about everything. They're wrong about the nature of men. <laughs> The nature of man, they're wrong about our government. They're wrong about liberty. They're wrong about private property rights. They're wrong about national sovereignty. I can't think of a damn thing they're right about. So we don't have to accept lectures from them. Period. All right, my friend, hang in there. You're doing great. We'll be right back. in. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear the former Bernie Sanders spokeswoman on CNN yesterday. Cut six, go. All yes, I want to say my, is, had the person should have been black up, or brown, we wouldn't be talking about the types of legislation we could and could not make happen. Because if he was yelling Allah Akbar, Congress and the president, one would have been tweeting about it and they would have swoop, swooped in and did whatever That's they felt true. needed. They didn't change I, the gun laws I, after I polemic that, violence. I did think, they change the gun laws I after San Bernardino? You know, we have a Muslim ban, damn it. There's a whole 
much Did more we change the gun laws after I, San Bernardino? What I am saying is this. You know, you, can, you don't have to demagogue No, I'm Muslim not demagoguing anything, but what I am saying is... You don't have to make it about race. I, okay, be clear. <laughs> I want to be really clear. White supremacists have repeatedly slipped through the slipped through the fingers of the FBI. Repeatedly. This is a pattern. What about... Do you think the FBI what, doesn't care about what, what, I'm not killers. saying the FBI does not care, but what I am saying is there is a pattern, and we cannot ignore a pattern in this country. So if, so if self-identified white supremacists, this young man trained... Okay, that's with, enough. I can't take this idiot. And, of course, she'll never talk about black-on-black -black murder, black-on-black -black crime, which is completely out of control in our inner city. She'll never talk about that because she's a left-wing hack. They use race to advance their left-wing ideology, not to advance race. And this is what uh, passes as conversation on CNN, this kind of sickening nonsense. Well, that won't be happening on my show, I can tell you that. You know, ladies and gentlemen, now's the chance to look your best with Chamonix's extended Valentine's Day sale for a limited time only. Introducing the brand new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy eyelids. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't believe everything I hear, so I tried this eye lift on my right eye. Very next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. Now it's your turn, folks, because today this breakthrough eyelid treatment is yours absolutely free with your order of Genesel for bags and puffiness. And yes, it works for men and women. Plus, you'll also get the Genesel immediate effects for results in 12 hours. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Better yet, call their toll-free number, 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. But there's more. Order in the next 20 minutes and get the Genesel Collagen Builder and Deep Firming Serum, two bestsellers, Absolutely free. Order now and express shipping. Also free. Five luxury gifts. All yours for the price of one. Some of you haven't tried this yet. I strongly encourage you to jump in now. Go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Or call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. So you'll recall when this mass murder occurred in Florida, it was Trump's fault. Because of cuts in Medicaid which had nothing to do with anything. Or a change in regulation, which had nothing to do with anything. And now it's white racism. The NRA. And on and on and on. It's sickening. It's sickening beyond belief. What's happening to this country? We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We'll take your call. For two reasons. They look interesting, and I'm running out of breath. Nikki Haley at the United Nations today. There are other things going on. And she's uh, she's quite a star in this administration. She calls them like she sees them. Cut 10, go. The problem is that the U.N. has proven itself time and again to be a grossly 
biased organization when it comes to Israel. As such, the UN's disproportionate focus has actually made the problem more difficult to solve by elevating the tensions and the grievances between the two parties. Another reason we have attempted to shift the discussion is that the vast scope of the challenges facing the region dwarf the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. As we meet here today, the Middle East is plagued by many truly horrendous problems. In Yemen, there is one of the worst humanitarian disasters on earth, with millions of people facing starvation. And uh, you can thank the uh, Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran for that. Oh, yes, you can. Go ahead. Russia groups fire Iranian rockets from Yemen into neighboring countries. In Syria, the Assad regime is using chemical weapons to gas its own people. This war has taken the lives of over half a million Syrians. And let me help out a little bit further. The Islamo-Nazi Erdogan in Turkey has destroyed that country's secular government and is now trying to wipe out the Kurds. And it's about damn time we back the Kurds. The Kurds are Muslims too. The Kurds have backed us uh, when we had a significant number of troops in more than one war in the Middle East. The Kurds are our ally. And I think we need to do far more to protect them (laughs) from that POS Erdogan in Turkey. Let me just add that one. Cut 11, go. I sit here today offering the outstretched hand of the United States to the Palestinian people in the cause of peace. We are fully prepared to look to a future of prosperity and coexistence. We welcome you as the leader of the Palestinian people here today. But I will decline the advice I was recently given by your top negotiator, Saeed Arakat. I will not shut up. Rather, I will respectfully speak some hard truths. The Palestinian leadership has a choice to make between two different paths. There's the path of absolutist demands, hateful rhetoric, and incitement to violence. That path has led and will continue to lead to nothing but hardship for the Palestinian people. Or there's the path of negotiation and compromise. History has shown that path to be successful for Egypt and Jordan, including the transfer of territory. That path remains open to the Palestinian leadership, if only it is courageous enough to take it. The United States knows the Palestinian leadership was very unhappy with the decision to move our embassy to Jerusalem. You don't have to like that decision. You don't have to praise it. You don't even have to accept it. But know this, that decision will not change. Oh, my. Now what will they do? You know, when you look at what takes place with the Arabs who call themselves Palestinians, when you look at what takes place, you can see the Palestinian leadership is evil. They subsidize terrorism. Terrorism against innocent civilians. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. There's no amount of 
negotiation, no amount of concessions that will satisfy them because they're out to destroy the Jews. Now, it's an, not a perfect parallel, but when you have some nut job who walks into a school and wants to kill, and you start banning weapons and so forth and so on as if that's going to stop them, <coughs> it simply will not. Danny Danan is Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, and he's at the UN today. And he calls out Abbas for running away after his speech. Cut 12, go. I expected Mr. Abbas to stay with us and have a dialogue. Unfortunately, he's once again running away. Look what just happened in this room. Mr. Abbas came in, he put his demands on the table, and he left, and he's expecting you to deliver the results. It's not going to work that way. The only way to move forward is to have direct negotiations between Israel and the Palestinians. Who was most sad when Obama left office and Kerry left office? The terrorist regimes around the world. Red China was upset. Russia was upset. They got everything they wanted. Hamas was upset. Fatah was upset. Hezbollah was upset. The Iranians, of course, made out like uh, drunken terrorists. All those regimes, all those entities. And yet we have so-called historians in this country, pretend historians, leftists, who write Obama as the number eight greatest president in American history. Reagan's number nine. Can somebody please tell me Somebody please tell me, what did Obama do that was fundamentally supportive of America, that was historic? As a matter of fact, Mr. Call Screener, you picked two or three lines that I want to open up. The question for leftists out there, or Democrats, or both, why would Obama be the number eighth greatest president in American history? What did he do that was so great in pushing Reagan the number nine? I can't think of anything. Greg, Tuxedo, New York, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. It's an honor. Mark, I wanted to bring up a point that I've not heard said anywhere about bump stocks, and that is that if you shoot a fully automatic weapon, you maintain rearward pressure on the trigger, and the gun keeps firing. And it's the same thing with the bump stock. The shooter's finger is going back and forth, but the, the shooter isn't doing that. They're just keeping the trigger pulled back and the gun keeps shooting. And it seems like if you have something that bypasses the strict requirements of a Class three license to it's get a fully It's not the same auto- as an automatic weapon. Just to be technical, because you raised the point, not me. It does not shoot as fast as a machine gun or a fully automatic weapon, period. It is a rudimentary way of speeding up shooting. I never even occurred to me to purchase it. Obviously, it occurred to the 64-year-old mass killer in Las Vegas to purchase it. So they'll go ahead and outlaw it. And we're still going to have mass murder in this country. Go ahead and outlaw it. It's the first time it's been used, and I suspect it'll be the last. 
But don't you think that it's a, a really fine line legally that it's true that the person's the shooter's fingers going back see, and forth? See, this is the problem, a fine line legally. When you start writing laws, it's always a fine line legally. What's an automatic weapon? What's a semi-automatic weapon? Nobody heard of a bump stock before Las Vegas. Even people who've owned guns for 40 years. I never heard of one. They've owned guns for 10 years. Okay, it's a fine line. So I want. And that wouldn't have done a damn thing in Florida. What do you want to outlaw next? We need to be ahead of these killers. So we need to be outlawing things before they use them, right? Isn't that the point? Well, Greg? no, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a gun owner. And, in fact, I owned a device that they sold many years ago, ago called a BATF activator. And it clipped in your trigger guard. And it basically turned the gun into a Gatling gun. You had to keep cranking the handle. So and what happened? Well, each one, I, I got rid of it, but each one came with a little... No, 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 I didn't ask you that. Were those outlawed? I don't think it is. Because, Why not? Because by definition, you have to keep moving it for the gun to keep shooting. Okay, so what? Okay, but with a bump stock, you're not doing that. You're just maintaining a rearward, rearward pressure. Sir, 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 we'll get rid of the bump stock. And let me tell you something. Thousands and thousands of people are murdered every year with a pistol. The vast majority of people in this country that nobody thinks about, ever, are murdered with pistols. They're murdered by gangs. They're murdered in our inner cities. Now, what do you want to do about it? Bump stock has no consequence, no effect whatsoever on the thousands and thousands of people who are slaughtered in the inner cities with illegal handguns. Now, what do you want to do about it? I agree with that. I don't think the... ATF you want to make illegal handguns for... illegal? You want to make murder illegal? No. What do you want to do? <laughs> I don't think the ATF, for one thing, does enough for the people that are prohibited and still try to buy. A lot of times... So, the answer is, more government, even though the government fails. More FBI, even though the FBI failed here and has failed in about a half a dozen cases, despite the fact, in this last case, it was handed to them. But can you really say the FBI failed? What, what did they I really not only have said it, I've said it repeatedly, and I've said it from day one. What do you mean, can I really say the FBI failed? They said they failed. They failed to follow their protocol. But, but he made a generic threat saying, I want to be a professional school shooter. Well, why, why don't you make a generic threat and see how you're treated, pal? Why don't you make a generic threat? A generic threat. A friend, an acquaintance, a family member of his contacts the FBI, says he's gathering weapons, he's very, very dangerous, he's threatening to kill people at schools. Well, that's a generic threat. Now, that's a pretty damn good lead. But was that enough to You lie? know what? You're a phony. You're a phony. You're an absolute phony. You're a gun control ideologue. And I can tell. Don't call me about all the guns you own and how much you love Mark when you are an ideologue. You won't accept the fact what took place here, what took place in Boston, what took place in Fort Hood, what took place in Orlando, because you don't believe in the right of people to own weapons. You think you can, uh, you can outlaw this device, that device, and another device, and evil will go away. It's not going to happen, but Greg, you're a fraud. Let's move on. Yeah, I, I can tell he's a fraud because he's actually arguing with me, even though the FBI confessed and was very sorry about it. Well, can you really say that they missed a generic lead? So he wants to outlaw all this stuff.
A generic lead? You got a name? You know he has weapons? You know he's capable of using them and he's threatening to use them? Somebody contacts you? If you see something, say something. And he's threatening to shoot up a school? Well, you know, it's a generic lead. It's a generic lead? I don't have time for moronic ideologues. They, they should be hosts on CNN and MSNBC. Or take over for the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Forrest, Minster, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing tonight? Okay. Well, I wanted to talk about um, me being a millennial and whatnot and how these left-wing media hacks are all blaming it on the millennials, and I think that's wrong. I, I It's just wrong. Well, they're blaming it on millennials to a point, and then they're using millennials, too. Yeah. So any 16-year-old who wants to speak out, who's traumatized, uh, CNN's right there to interview them. Uh, CNN doesn't go into the inner cities in Chicago, in Philadelphia, in New York, in Los Angeles, and interview the victims there. And they're never going to. How many stories have they run on how uh, gang members and other killers get their weapons? They're not going to do stories on that. <clears throat> how many stories are they going to run on individuals who have concealed carry weapons who've actually limited the amount of carnage that a criminal or potential criminal would do? They have no interest in any of that. That's why they're, they're not news. They're not news. People talk about, well, you know, when the Second Amendment was passed, there were muskets, which has nothing to do with anything. When the First Amendment was ratified, there were pamphlets. So what's the point? All right, Forrest, thank you for your call. God bless you, young man. I'll be right back. I think you're really going to love my new TV show, the Fox News Channel. I know you love Levin TV, too. We work very hard at Levin TV. My new show on Fox, what I'm trying to do and what I will do, is bring some heavy substance back to the airwaves, in my view, limit it to one or two guests, really delve into issues. So I think you're going to want to sit for the whole hour. I want to change Sunday night TV at 10 p.m. And make it something you can be proud of, something you can watch with your kids and your grandkids, something you can say, you know, and I'd spend an hour watching this, and it was well worth it. Something you might actually remember, something that might cause you to crack a book or look on the Internet to look something up. And I want to talk about American principles and American values and American traditions. I want to talk about American history and capitalism. I want to talk about philosophy. <clears throat> Some of my guests you'll be familiar with, like the great Walter Williams, who will be my first guest, <clears throat> and I asked for him to be my first guest. And we're going to have a hell of a fun time, and I think a very informative time. I have other guests in mind, some you've heard of, some you haven't. Some are famous, some are less famous. And over time, I hope to bring liberals on, too, when they see what the format is and engage them in debates about politics and philosophy and principles, if they're willing to have those debates. 
in a respectful and professional manner. If they are, I will be. So that's the goal. The perfect show for you to watch, the last show for you to watch on Sunday night. So I want to change late Sunday night TV. I always take on the toughest hours. And talk radio, 6 p.m. Eastern time, is the toughest, toughest timeline. People like to brag about their ratings. They're not up against sports. They're not up against dinner. They're not up against a thousand different things that people do. To have the kind of audience I do and the kind of ratings I do, the kind of success that you create here, is unprecedented for a show at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And I intend to do the same with 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. When the folks there came to me and asked me if I would do it, I was very excited about it. But I'm doing a lot of things. I had to think about it. And... I thought about it, met with them, met with Mr. Murdoch, among others, and uh, I can't wait. We've, we've been thinking about this for months. We've been organizing it for months, getting the lighting just right and the chairs and all. I don't get into all that. I get into the substance. But I am proud to say our first guest will be Walter Williams, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. I'll be right back. Show live and national at 877-381-3811. Here's some exciting news. Simply Safe is a company that's been around many years. They've transformed into the fastest growing home security company in the nation. Now they protect over two million people. They just released their brand new home security system, the all-new Simply Safe. Now this system has been completely rebuilt and redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, downed Wi-Fi, cut landlines, bats, hammers, everything in between. The all-new Simply Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible. Powerful sensors so small you'll hardly notice them. But you know who will? Intruders. Simply Safe spent years building this system, and they added a great deal. You still get the same fair and honest price. 24-7 professional protection. <coughs> Excuse me. For only $15 a month. It was simply safe. There are no long-term contracts. This new system is smaller, faster, stronger than anything they've built before. <laughs> but here's the truth. Supplies are limited. So go to simplysafemark.com right now to order your system. That's simplysafemark.com to, <coughs> to protect your home and family today. Simplysafemark.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I'll be behind this microphone tomorrow. Those of you who've just tuned in, I and I don't like telling you all this stuff. It turns out I have pneumonia. The uh, left lung, lower lobe, blah, blah, blah. So I was doing fine before the show, but obviously you can hear me sucking wind. That's not a problem. The problem is, if it sounds crappy, it's not fair to you. So I'll try and make a decision tomorrow. Um, I don't want this to be a painful experience for you. I want you to enjoy it or learn from it. So... uh, 
That's a decision I'll make tomorrow. Charlie, Monticello, Colorado, Sirius Satellite, go. Mark, first and foremost, take the day off, bud. You deserve it. We'll survive without you. Uh, uh, pneumonia is nothing to play around with. But uh, uh, thanks. I, I was telling the call screener back in the first week of December, we had a school shooting here locally in Aztec, New Mexico. Two good students, you know, lost their lives. It wasn't 17. But in the same instance, the FBI had interviewed this kid months before this. Now, my question is, you know, with these two, uh, and no telling how many other times they dropped the ball, but uh, with with that being said, you're absolutely right. There's nothing that any law is going to change. If, if, for instance, they would have ran into a crowd of students with a van, are they going to outlaw driving? You know, and some of these students now in Florida, they're coming out, you know, saying, uh, you know, having sit-ins and things like that. The, the realization is they have a, a better chance of getting killed in a car accident or getting shot at the mall than it is than, than they do getting gunned down in the school. Well, they definitely you know, but, have a better chance of dying in an automobile. There's no question about that. Yeah, and, and, and that's the point. You know, I don't – I have three ARs. But, 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 Charlie, here's the thing. There's no reason we can't protect these school buildings and these classrooms. You can't tell me Americans don't know how to do it. We've got men and women trained up and down, you know, from one end of the country to the other. Military, police, retired, not retired, as well as others. We can do it, but we're not allowed to do it. And you made a perfect point. It's the liberal, it's the liberal school boards. It's the liberal mayors. Uh, you know, I know in Texas some of the schools actually, uh, they allow concealed carry for their teachers. Listen, Broward County is liberal. Are they now going to allow uh, the proper uh, <clears throat> types of personnel and numbers of personnel armed and ready to combat this kind of evil in their schools or not? And the answer is very unlikely. Meanwhile, as you point out in your community, in schools in Texas, schools in Colorado, schools in Oklahoma and other schools, they do exactly that. Yeah, and you, you made the... I lost Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Appreciate it. Let's go to Jesse, Santa Barbara, California, 870 AM, the answer. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You're going to um, tell yeah, us uh, why Barack Obama deserves the number eight point in the actually 44 presidents that we've had since Grover Cleveland served twice. Go ahead. I believe that maybe one of the reasons why he was put in that spot was because of the fact that he was able to turn around the economy after the uh, great 2008 depression that we had. Boy, sir, you're good at rewriting history. Now, how exactly did he turn around the economy where we never hit 3% growth? Well, 3% GDP. You know, we had over 7% growth under Reagan. How come Reagan's number nine under your standard and Obama's number eight? Obama, we were at a negative nine. What's that? You were at a negative nine? Okay, let me try again. Ronald Reagan came in ninth. You said your standard is turning around the economy. No, 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 no. He turned around the... For Obama was a negative number, and he was able to add to that to get him into the positive. Sir, we all lived through this. You know, this isn't 150 years ago. The economy sucked under Obama. 
It was flatlining under Obama. Employment. <clears throat> the only reason they got unemployment down is because so many people moved into the welfare lines or dropped out altogether. Uh, he armed up the Iranians. He did nothing to stop the North Koreans. He did nothing to stop the Chinese in the South and East China Seas. He did nothing to stop the Russians, despite talking about a, a red line on Syria. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of refugees later. Hundreds of thousands of people slaughtered by ISIS, Al-Qaeda, by Syria, by Iran. The Middle East is a complete disaster. He left Iraq prematurely without cutting a deal. He eviscerated the United States military. He undermined local law enforcement. He pushed an unconstitutional DACA law, which the borders are still open and his judges uphold. He deserves number eight. You, that is not I don't correct. think so, sir. You have opinion. That is a real opinion. Well, why don't you give us your opinion? Other than, oh, hey, hey, he turned the economy around. Never grew at 3%. That's not turning the economy around. You, you asked. Hey, get off the phone, you idiot. Don't analyze me. Just because you're stuck in your ideology, your cult of Obama. Facts are facts. That's what liberals will not accept. Let me tell you why they love Obama. He did more to advance the progressive agenda than Bill Clinton ever did. He created the new New Deal, the new great society. That's why they like Obama, because he effectively nationalized health care through the back door. That's been their number one priority since progressivism came on the scene over 100 years ago. And he did it, where the others didn't do it. This is why they love Obama. Okay. Anybody else want to tell us why Obama deserves to be... Number eighth greatest president in American history? What was it exactly? Did he defeat ISIS? No. Well, what did he do? Did he secure America's border? No. Well, what did he do? Hey, let's try this one. Did he help the black communities? No, not in the least. Well, what did he do? Yeah, exactly. All right. <clears throat> let's continue. Nothing gets me going like a stupid liberal. You know that, Mr. Producer? Fires me up. Don, Kingstown, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go ahead. Hey, good evening, Mark. Hey, I, uh, just a couple more things that we probably should ban, and that's guardrails and airbags because they keep a class of uh, voters alive when they should probably not be on the road. At any rate, that aside, um, you know, I know the press is protected, and maybe you can enlighten all of us on this. So when does the press cease to be the press and become a political arm. Uh, they complain about the Russians, um, you know, meddling in elections and stuff. I think more votes have been thrown by a biased press than the Russians ever even thought. And of. by the way, you're exactly right. The, the liberal media in this country and the Democrat Party in this country have done more damage to this, <laughs> this country than the Russians could have dreamed of, you know. Unilateral disarmament, undermining the United States military. The Russians didn't do that, even though I despise Putin and everything he stands for. But the left did that. Don, I want to play you something. Here is Bernie Sanders. Thank you for your call. All of America. On Meet the Depressed with Chuck Todd. Now, Bernie Sanders used to defend gun rights. You know, because a lot of people in Vermont own guns. And, of course... Chuck Todd really catches him in his hypocrisy, but Chuck Todd's pushing Bernie Sanders because 
He's furious that Bernie Sanders actually used to support the Second Amendment. Go ahead. Let me move to the tragedy down in, uh, in, in South Florida. After uh, Newtown, uh, you said if you pass the strongest gun control legislation tomorrow, I don't think it will have a profound effect on the tragedies we have seen. And, Senator, you ended up voting for some of those reforms, uh, gun control measures, that, that you weren't 100% sure would solve all the problems. Where are you today? Do you think now... Hey, Chuck, Chuck, where, let's where be today? very clear. Hey, Chuck, let's be very clear. <laughs> hey, Chuck. Go ahead. minus voting record from the NRA. I lost an election probably for Congress here in Vermont back in 1988 because I believe that we should not be selling or distributing assault weapons in this country. I am on record and have been for a very long time in saying we have got to significantly tighten up the background checks. We have to end the absurdity of the gun show loophole. Forty percent of the guns in this country yeah. are sold without any... Oh, blah, 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 blah. He's a liar. A fraction of a fraction guns are sold at gun shows from one stranger to another. He's a liar. And as John Lott has pointed out, and I've pointed out in the past, none of these mass murders have been the result of any gun show loophole. So here you have two liberals fighting with each other. Go ahead. We have to deal with the straw man uh, provision, which allows people to legally buy guns and then distribute it. We've got to take on the NRA. And that is my view. And I am, will do everything I can to... The tragedy that we saw in Parkland is unspeakable. And all over this country, parents are scared to death of what might happen when they send their kids to school. Let me ask Bernie Sanders a different question, ladies and gentlemen. How about communism and the death of 100 million people? Is that a tragedy? Why are you a communist? Okay, a soft communist, but a communist nonetheless. Why do you admire Hegel? Why do you admire Rousseau? Why do you admire... See, I'd love to debate him. Why do you admire Marx and Engels? What is it about them that you find so compelling? So let's talk about ideology and let's talk about humanity and let's talk about saving lives as opposed to destroying lives. Right? Go ahead. Problem is not going you know to be what? Easy. Don't go ahead. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Please tell me why John Podesta is still roaming the streets. Remember that New Year's resolution you made to put your IRS problems behind you? Well, it's February. You're still living in fear of the IRS that today is the day they show up at work, garnish your wages, and freeze your bank accounts. Let me encourage you with an actual case from my friends at Optima Tax Relief. So like you, Charles dragged his IRS problems well into the new year before calling Optima Tax Relief. Optima quickly stepped between Charles and the IRS, protected his assets, and resolved his tax problems. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are good people, people with families, homes, savings, and paycheck. They need to be protected, which explains how they've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. They're rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau. So call Optima Tax Relief right now. 
That's 800. One moment. I'm sorry. That's 800-499-6300. We'll let you folks bring us home here. Rich, New Orleans, Louisiana, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a huge fan. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you this evening. Thank you. So I just wanted to say how uh, how loathsome I think it really is that these politicians try and play on the emotions, especially the parents of the people, uh, those poor kids that uh, went through what they went through this week. Because it's not about uh, trying to save any lives with, with trying to pass gun laws. If they really want to try and uh, save lives by regulations against the implement, you know, that caused the death, um, more than 10,000 people die every year by DUIs. So why are the liberals screaming for us to go back to um, taking away alcohol for rights? They don't do that. They actually promote uh, increasing those sorts of things by saying that they want to legalize marijuana. So they're not really interested in saving lives by, you know, via that sort of thing. It's really about uh, power and control and tyranny. I quite agree. Good call, Rich. Nick, Queens, New York. Go ahead. Hey, Mark, I'm a, a casual listener of the show, but um, I just wanted to talk about uh, your comments about um, how Obama didn't do really anything for the economy. Uh, I work in finance. I work for a big bank on Wall Street. And, um, it's all right. I, I, got money. That, I, got, I got money in big banks. I just graduated college. I'm at the entry level. So, um, okay. so yeah. But um, I don't live in Manhattan. I can't afford <laughs> it. But, uh, if but I can't afford it, and I help pay your salary. So go ahead. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Um but uh, if it wasn't for the regulations that the Obama administration passed effectively after 2008, I have to tell you, people would not be able to pay their bills. What, what regulations are you talking about? Uh, the, uh, for ba- basically bailing out all the banks and paying my boss. No, no, the, the Bush bailed out all the banks, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. Hold on now. So if you're giving kudos, which you shouldn't, for the government bailing out banks, which were overextended, uh, then you should be giving kudos to Bush. What did Obama have to do with that? They absolutely had to, because if they didn't... Sir, but you praised Obama. I'm playing along with you. Why are you praising Obama when he didn't do it? The only thing I'm... Obama was busy redistributing wealth. Don't you remember? He spent a trillion dollars we didn't have for shovel-ready jobs that were never ready, and there weren't any shovels. Remember that? You know this, Mark. Yeah, but... um. If it wasn't for that, people wouldn't have been able to, their checks would have bounced when they had to pay. Whose checks would have bounced? The American people and their for No, the American days. people's checks wouldn't have bounced. Please, please let me explain, right? The banks did not have enough cash in the bank to distribute that to people at ATM. Sir, do you, do you understand the banking system in the Federal Reserve? Morgan has. Pay attention to me. I don't know what school you went to. I don't know who you're working for. It's the Federal Reserve that pumps cash, quote unquote, into the banking system. Not the President of the United States. Barack Obama didn't do anything to pump money into the banks. Directly the one guy who did, I'm educating you, pay attention. The one guy who pumped money into the banks in a very unusual way was George W. Bush, the second biggest spender in American history behind Obama. So it's the Federal Reserve that pumps money into the banks. Yeah, yes, you know, I'm just saying his administration, under the administration. But, <clears throat> no, it's not under the administration. It is considered an independent entity 
within housed within the executive branch. Under the years of the Obama. Thanks for your call. I don't know what to say, folks. He's in finance. He must know. I don't know anything. Except I know how to make money and keep it. It wasn't for saving the banks. Barack Obama didn't save any banks. Barack Obama almost destroyed the banking system, as he almost destroyed our economic system, as he almost destroyed our currency. Spending like a drunken Marxist. How's that, New York Times, for right-wing radio? We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe I won't. It'll all depend. But I hope so, and I want to thank you for listening tonight. I'm very blessed to have you out there. God bless you.